0: Welcome to DC is back. And guess what? We've gone global.
1: Yes, sir. You already know. We're uh, trying our best to sneak in an episode here before conference play starts. I'm currently in Spain on vacation with my family. But, you know, as much uh, joy as it gets me from spending time with two 15-year-olds and two 60-year-olds,
0: the podcast calls. Duty calls, my friend. Duty calls. This is Dan Baldwin, your host, along with my esteemed co-host Carter Owen, who, as he said, oh, well, you said, is in Spain. In Spain, we were talking. We were like, "Welcome to DC International." Who's Chris Hemsworth? Who's Tessa Thompson? Carter graciously <laughs> called me Chris Hemsworth and denoted himself as Tessa Thompson. But well, hey, I gotta, I gotta give you respect for the work you've been putting in. Yeah, I appreciate that. He's saying that I. For that physique. Hell yeah. It's nice that somebody gives me some respect. (laughs) Nobody else does. We're practically dating, if you haven't figured it out. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. But, you know, before we jumped on the conference play, we decided we're going to switch some things up and uh, play a couple of uh, fan-requested songs as the intro. We're going to ditch our good old Welcome to DC by the Mambo Sauce, or whatever the hell they're called. Uh, Just for now.
1: I think this is a temporary thing. It's stuff that we've been keeping our eye on within the zeitgeist of the team. Um, And we think it'll help set a good tone for the rest of the season. Yeah, so
0: with that, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy. But remember, highlights are never a good idea. I mean, what the fuck was he thinking with that?
1: <laughs> he was trying to walk on sunshine or some shit, man. I I don't understand that. He's pretty blonde as it is.
0: Yeah, he is blonde. I mean, I, I saw that Carter and it got me feeling inspired. I was like, wonder what would happen if I dyed my <laughs> if I got highlights in my hair. Dude, him, I mean, college people,
1: you know, especially guys go through a lot of struggles from, you know, the haircut they had growing up, which was usually suggested by their mom to figuring out their own style, but for the love of God, Mac needs to learn what a fade is, or a oh, taper, or, or something.
0: Wait, what's a taper?
1: It's pretty much just keeping it, you know, I mean, it's kind of, this. it's just keeping it shorter on the sides. You can get a fade, which is just kind of like one level down, so, yeah. so you get like a three to two tapered fade. Tapered just means you go down, uh... I guess you get shorter as it goes on. Sure. I think it's kind of similar to a fade,
0: but... It is. Yeah, that sounds similar. I. What would you say I have, a fade or a taper? Or neither? I think
1: you have more of a taper. I don't think either of us have a fade because it's the same short length on all the other sides.
0: I was thinking about changing my hair up this coming spring, you know? 2020, new year, new me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know what it would well, be, though. Yeah. Bring thanks. back the bull cut.
1: Yeah, no neither, neither no one in our life wants to see that man it's, <laughs> whew. you gotta we Fish. gotta be in unison
0: with Mac channel good yeah. energy in 2020 yeah
1: come on just send them to Diegos
0: like you <laughs> yeah. know what to do uh yeah but all right we got a big slate ahead of us today we gotta to jump all yeah, into conference play we, uh, I know I know you know I mean speaking of highlights <laughs> yeah. speaking of highlights we uh're in a bit of a nice run we've been cooking
1: oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, last time we checked in, we had, uh, you know, saved our season by beating Oklahoma State and SMU. Heading into the Q's game, we were both fairly confident, and we more than took care of business in that game. I was yeah. very impressed.
0: As um, I said, at, we at were going to win by double digits. Bam,
1: right on the money. <laughs> I think we won by exactly 10. We did, 89-79. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there isn't a whole lot to talk about since that game. Um you know, it, it was a relatively wire-to-wire victory, led by Mac. had a hell of a game. Um, Omer chipped in, we got great contributions from Jagan. played the game of his life. Um, and, and then after that, it was three wire-to-wire wins, I think all above 20 points against some non-conference scrubs. Um, but I do think there are a couple important takeaways heading into conference play that we can quickly parse out from those games. Right, Dan?
0: I would agree with that. What's your biggest takeaway, Carter?
1: Um, I think at least... This new playstyle that we have is pretty sustainable.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: I I thought a lot of the emotion we had heading into that propelled us to play way above our ability. Um, And, and, you know, kind of the rankings and all the stats that we saw after that uh, made us look like a surefire tournament team, but not, not entirely a team that I thought, at least at the time, deserved to be taken seriously as a real contender within the NCAA. Um, to make a name for themselves, and certainly to bring the program back. But I, I think what we've seen since then, especially in that Georgetown hasn't played down to their competition, has made me really encouraged.
0: I would agree with that, and mostly because, you know, during the five years I've been a fan and covered the team, there hasn't been a year where we haven't played down the competition. You know, we would always put up a fight against better teams for the most part, But we would always struggle just to take care of business against the UMBCs, the Americans. Like, that game against American this past weekend, we were losing late in the first half to them. The old Georgetown would have barely beaten them or would have lost and folded in the second half. They wouldn't have come back and put them away by 20, especially considering Mac went out with that uh, scratched eye late in that uh, first half. So I think that's a pretty big takeaway that this team could be for real. One of the biggest takeaways I had is that I think Omer Yurtseven is going to be a fucking problem come Biggie's play. When this dude is on, I don't know how you guard him. I don't. That turnaround jumper, if it, if he is on, is as unguardable of a shot as I've ever seen.
1: I know, I know. He's looking like the Turkish Hakeem from that block.
0: Yeah, it's, it's on my it's kids. How
1: high up he gets the ball.
0: Yeah, he gets the ball up high, and the thing is, he's so big, too, that, in, big in the sense that he's muscular, as well, so he can kind of body you around when he wants to, to get to that spot where he feels comfortable, or he's good enough, finesse-wise, just to simply fade off of either shoulder and high-point the ball to the point where it doesn't even look like you're really contesting him. It just comes no, down to no, a as lot, to...
1: A lot, of, a lot of these replays, the ball is probably about nine feet in the air.
0: Yeah. You know, it's... And, uh, you know, you
1: would think... You would think a big who is that, you know, big and doesn't really need to jump much. O'Meara's oh, not really an explosive above-the-rim player either. But the fact that he has such an amazing arc on his shot, I continue to be blown away by his touch. It's fucking insane. And you're... Really impressive.
0: You are a fool, a goddamn fool, if you don't think Patrick Ewing had anything to do with that this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. You are a yeah, damn it. fool if you don't believe that.
1: I, I watched a lot of Omer's tape before he came here, and I was a little surprised or, or confused about how we would use it because a lot of his points were pick-and-pop threes
0: and uh, you know jump hooks around the rim and pick-and-rolls. This turnaround is, is something that seems new in his arsenal. And that's his main weapon. You can tell that he's... Honestly, Omer's finishing right around the rim... Hasn't particularly impressed me. I yeah, think same. he's a little bit off. Like I don't know what it is. For some reason, he struggles when he's kind of real right up on top of the rim. But when he's a little bit farther away, like around the elbow range, the guy's automatic. You expect the shots to go in, which is pretty remarkable. It's crazy, too. Another
1: thing, his shot selection hasn't even been that great. No. I know in the Syracuse game, he. I think in that game itself, he started 1-for-6 and then ended 6-for-7. Over a guy instead of trying to post him up or, or God forbid, try to take someone off the dribble from time to time, his field goal percentage could be like 70.
0: Yeah, it it could be. And I I think Omer is going to be all Biggie's first team this year. I think he's going to be the top center without even a question. Yeah. I think that's my biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, from a sustainability point of view, Omer is going to be as consistent as it comes. Um, and And I think Mac will come and go you know, as you expect a volume score or two. But I think another steadying force that we need to give some credit to is Terrell Allen. I think he's shown why he was a four-year starter, Um, you know, not only at UCF, but at Drexel, which is where he was before he transferred to UCF, believe it or not. Um, A bit of a long-winded journey. And his poise, his ball control, his ability to make shots too and create off the dribble, um, I like, I'm just, I've been very impressed by it. Uh, and you know, I hate to bring James's name into this, but the comparison's inevitable. I, I think he does almost everything better than
0: James. Yeah. And the thing is, Allen isn't always looking for his shot. James, whenever he had the ball, was looking to create something for himself. Allen is probably one of the most unselfish ball handlers I've seen at the collegiate level, and that comes from maturity and understanding what his role is. His role is to and facilitate the ball. On the team. Yeah. Yeah. His role is to create ball movement and. Help facilitate and find the best look on that possession, and the fact that he has someone such as a Jagan Mosley on the other wing, who's also a pass-first guard, is it, it, it speaks volumes because they work very well together. That's two fat pass-first players who aren't looking for their shot but are capable of making it when called upon, and
1: can both play defense. Yes. Yeah. That's like max max
0: fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been
1: playing with those guys, honestly.
0: When you think about it, though, this team is literally perfectly constructed for a guy like Mac McClung to shine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's been
1: balling. And I, I think he's starting to get on the national radar a little bit, too. Uh, you know, I'm plugging the Twitter sphere, obviously. Um, and, and he's starting to get mentions by, you know, more verified people. I mean, he's always kind of trending as it is because of what he did in high school. But I think he's starting to get respect as a... I would say a star at the college level, a budding
0: star. A budding star is a good way to put it. He's not quite there yet in regards to a star. Like when you look, when you think of a star, you think of Miles Powell, you think of Marcus Howard, you think Cassius Winston, you think Caleb Wesson. Not necessarily Mac McClung. Mac McClung has everything you need to be to take over the college basketball world nationally. If he puts forth a consistently Good Big E's season, he is going to be looked upon next year as someone who's going to flat out fucking take over. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he'll inherit it, you know, from Marcus Howard and Miles Powell when they both leave for the NBA as that entertaining, musty TV, high volume score, tons of highlights. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is, the onus is on him to have a good Big East tournament. Um, you know, especially because I don't think he's someone who knows he's leaving after this year like O'Mara is.
0: Yeah, uh, Omer is certainly gone, and uh, it makes me sad because I don't foresee him having a bad Big East remotely. I think he's going to be our most consistent player in Big East. I think he's going to be more consistent than Mac. Um, and when Mac is oh, yeah. on, it's just going to completely elevate us to another stratosphere when it comes to how good we are. But we will see nights where Mac's shot isn't falling, and I think we're going to struggle.
1: I agree. I agree. East team, but uh, the fact that we were able to beat them very consistently, pretty much playing through Omer, and also Jamarco a lot, we played through him on the post, I would say almost as much as we did Omer in the second half, and I know Jamarco is someone that you've talked about as the X-factor for our team.
0: Yeah, I, I think Jamarco is beyond important to this team, what they could do. Um, they played a lot through him after Oh, they after they took Omer out, because Ewing kind of recognized that they didn't really need Yurt7 too much in the second half. So he took him out about midway through and was banking on, you know, everyone else to kind of keep American at bay, which is exactly what they did. And lacking a go-to scoring threat on the field, Pickett kind of viewed that as an opportunity to step up. And I think you actually nailed it when you were talking about what Ewing was saying to him in that game. He said, you need to slow down. With the ball in your hands. It's almost, again, his progression he has been very slow. It's been slow. It, it has yeah. happened. It has happened. Gotta give him it's credit there. Say it again. It's noticeable. It is. Yeah, he's more under control. But you can tell when he has the ball and he's looking for his own shot, he's almost rushing himself a little bit too much. There are times when he's beyond patient and plays within himself, and that's when he's... Working through those rip throughs at the top of the key, getting to his spot mid range, pumping in shots. I actually would even like to see Jamarco be the big man in a pick and roll a little bit more. They did that a couple of times. He and Jagan have done it on occasion, and Jamarco has gotten good looks at the rim. He's quick enough and he's long enough to draw fouls. He's a good enough free throw shooter as well. Listen, I think there's a lot you can do with that guy in Big East play. He's a matchup problem, he's a good shooter freak athletically you can have some fun with him but if there's been anyone who's been prone to picking up quick fouls it's been jamarco he's picked up two quick fouls in the syracuse game and the american game
1: yeah i think so i definitely agree with
0: you on that well
1: what's your take Ben?
0: listen i'm ready for biggie's play i certainly am uh with that, I think it's just important that we dive right in and look at this. And John Rothstein put it really well. For those of you who don't know, he's basically like the primary Twitter online college basketball reporter. He tweeted out, today the Biggies will enter tonight's conference openers with a combined record of 101 wins and 25 losses. Nine team, Nine teams received votes in this week's AP Top 25 poll. This is the best league in the sport. So, for those of you who think the Big East is dead, I don't know what you're smoking. I'd love some of it because this is the best team in the country. I mean, this is the best conference in the country, excuse me. And I'm looking at Georgetown's schedule. There are going to be very, very few games that we will enter feeling this is an easy win. I don't even think... There may not be one.
1: Yeah, I think the only team... Didn't get a vote was Providence. They've really been
0: uh, pooping the bed lately. They've been beyond underwhelming. It. Beyond a lot of people were thinking, especially considering how good of a coach Ed Cooley has been the past couple of years, that they could challenge for a top five finish in the Big East. And now it looks like they're the clear cellar dwellers in the concert in the conference. Yeah,
1: I know, I know, and that's it's surprising too, not only given Cooley's reputation as a coach. I mean, he's coaching the Pan Am Games. Um, had a lot of famous tournament wins, but the talent on the team. I mean, I mean, Alpha Diallo's a proven commodity at this point and kind of a borderline NBA player. Uh, but they also had A.J. Reeves, who we were both terrified of last
0: he, year. He, he, well, has he was taken, hurt
1: for most yeah. of
0: it. Yeah, he was. He was supposed to take a step this year. We're expected to take one Let's early. just say he had a massive regression. Massive. <laughs> yeah. A worse, a worse regression than a middle-aged man's hairline it, it's bad <laughs> <laughs> Damn. yeah it's a tough one I think the biggest surprise of the conference has been Butler they were picked to finish eighth by the coaches and as of right now they're probably the favorite to win which I think is beyond remarkable yeah I don't even
1: understand how they did they, they didn't add anybody they're no. running, they're running the show with um, Kamar Baldwin, Baldwin. yeah Kamar Baldwin and uh, is it Dave McDermott? Like Doug young, young
0: Sean McDermott? Sean McDermott. Sean
1: McDermott?
0: Sean McDermott. Yeah. yeah I, and this the thing guy looks like he only wears Ed Hardy. Yeah, the, the crazy part is, if they didn't have that bad five-minute stretch against Baylor, they'd probably be undefeated right now. They have three Ken Palm top 50 wins. And if you extend that to the top 60, they have five. And three of them were not at Hinkle Fieldhouse. That's insane. I think the biggest reason they've taken this jump is that if you look at the Ken Palm, for those of you who don't know, it's Ken Palm is like one of the most nationally syndicated advanced statistic websites yeah. for Jeffrey college basketball.
1: Pomeroy,
0: yeah. Who invented it. Mm-hmm. And it's been very reliable in, in, in evaluating the top teams in the country. They've got, last year, they were number 123 in adjusted defensive efficiency. Now they're top 20. They jumped over 100 spots in one year.
1: That's insane, while well, retaining most of the same
0: roster. Yeah, right now they're 7th overall, behind Duke, Kansas, Ohio State, Louisville, Michigan State, and Gonzaga. <laughs> right I... now, people are saying Butler is a legitimate Final Four team.
1: Dude, I just, I don't know how
0: much I believe that. I, I do not watched I don't... a lot of them, to be fair. We're gonna find out, man. We are really going to find we will. out.
1: We will, and believe it or not, um, I saw an interview that Mac did, uh, with Big East shoot and he said that Butler is the hardest place to play in the Big East. So, I
0: mean, they must know something we don't. It's kinda funny because Mac has never played at Hinklefield House. He was hurt last year when we when the when Georgetown beat Butler at Hinklefield Foes. Oh, that was the Greg Malinowski game. Malinowski dropped twenty six on him. And the crazy part is, when you think about um the Butler defense, they're shooting under... Opponents are shooting under 29% from three against them. Which is pretty interesting because three-point shooting defense is not really something you can control really well. Uh, You you can stop teams from shooting threes, but you can't consistently defend spots always, especially against teams that move the ball very well, a la Georgetown. And there are 60... I mean, there are six top 60 offenses in the Big East this season that Butler's going to face... Three of them, Marquette, Creighton, and our very own Georgetown, are top 53-point shooting teams. They're going to be tested come Big East. I'm very curious to see how sustainable their playing style is against some of the high-powered offenses in the Big East.
1: I, I feel the same way with you, man. Uh, Butler is definitely a team I look out for, but I don't think they've been the most surprising. So far. Well, I think it's been DeVall. You think so? Yeah. I mean... Butler is, is a program that is has a history of overachieving from back when Brad Stevens was the coach and he took him to back-to-back Final Fours with, I mean, Gordon Hayward was a stud, but you remember Roosevelt Jones, Keelan Martin, uh, these are like not guys who should be leading National Championship game teams, excuse me, I said Final Four before. Um, but DePaul has no history of being good, mm-hmm. ever. And they were not expected to be good this year at all. Um, I don't really think they got any meaningful impact recruits their minutes. I mean, it seems to be um, more or less divided equally from last year. But they've just flipped a switch and they figured it out.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. they they are playing much better. Listen, I'm not as big of a DePaul hater as a lot of people in the Big East are. Um, Listen... (sighs) I still remember the team that beat us by forty goddamn points, <laughs> almost a closeout. Biggie's play. Oh, yeah, I remember that. yeah. Um, but that team had Max Struess. Yeah, and they he did. is an NBA player. Yeah, <laughs> Strus is. Um, listen, Charlie Moore has been great. Paul Reed is a stud. Um, I think Charlie Moore has been the biggest factor as to why they've been balling. He's averaging yeah. like seventeen points a game. He's been a great facilitator. He's averaging like six assists. It- it'll be interesting to see if they uh, can I didn't sustain. Know it was that high. Yeah, he's... He, Is that he, leading the Big East? Honestly, it might be. Um, maybe, will Terrell's assist numbers are certainly lower due to the earlier games. Um, he would not be if, if you just simply take out... If you simply just look at the Oklahoma State game forward from Terrell, he hasn't had a game where he's had under five. Uh, he's had five twice, six ones, seven ones eight once, and ten ones. Um, so... It's interesting you say DePaul. Um, I know a lot of people look at DePaul and they're like, "This team is really legit." They've gotten more AP votes than both Creighton and Georgetown, which I think is kind of stunning because I think Creighton is really damn good. Um, yes. But I think that's certainly fair. As of right now, when it looks when you look at total record, those two teams, Butler and DePaul, are the two teams that sit at one and two in the Big East at twelve and one. Yeah. It is, but uh, we're gonna. I think the best way to look at the conference is to pick out one team that we think we're each gonna. That Georgetown will get twice, and to make it fun, I think both of us can agree that we think that we're gonna get Providence twice, right? Yeah. So one team. We got them both last year. Yeah, kudos to you. Not get any better. Yeah, (laughs) kudos to you. That's the only team we got once. I thought we were gonna get Butler twice. But you know they had other Georgetown had other ideas when we played them at home. Um, to make things fun, we got to pick a team outside of Providence that we think we're going to get twice. All right, all right, I'm here for it. I, I, I you know I think that because uh, I I knew you were going to say Providence. I know I'm going to say Providence. Every other fan would probably say Providence. So yeah, let's shake it up. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, hmm. Xavier. That's interesting. Why? Yeah. Um, I You've been a big Xavier fan. I know that. Um, uh, my my, someone... my fandom for them has waned. I okay. do not think they have looked as good as I thought they would have See, this okay, year. That, that, that's exactly something that
1: um, is, is part of the reason for my prediction. I think they have underachieved this year partially because I, I don't think they can really shoot. And I think that within college, at least Big East, Big East play has this reputation for being very slow and very grimy, but I think that if you look at it, a lot of the best teams in the league have extremely high-powered offenses. You know, it's it's something that when you look from, um, you know, Butler has been amazing on defense, but they've always had a steady offense, Villanova, Creighton, us, even like the worst teams, like St. John's or DePaul this year, uh, or oh, DePaul's not a worst team, now. I can't say that, um, they all have reliable players. <laughs> who can get you 15 points a game more or less but they also have role players who can shoot and you know the spacing especially because the college line is a little bit bigger this year and a little bit deeper which is something I you know would love to see numbers wise on uh people's three point shooting with how much that's changed because it's moved back to the FIBA line now um and, and and Xavier from what I've seen they move the ball well sure they like to play inside out but they, I haven't been impressed with their shot making abilities and I think that Because they like to play slow, um, when you like to play slow, your guards have to control that. And I think, at least from our end, we have three guards who can all control the pace really well. And when you, at least in terms of most of the teams that we play, I think we'll be able to control the pace. And I don't know
0: how well Xavier can play fast. Looking at their stats, they only have one player who shoots above 34% from three. That's Quentin Gooden, and he's not good. He only shoots 34.8. Everybody else... Yeah, Quentin Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too
1: easy.
0: So, yes, th- th- this is a team that really struggles from beyond the arc. And when you look at their top four contributors, they're all returnees from last year. Najee Marshall, Paul Scrubb, Scruggs, Tyree Jones, Quentin Gooden. Scruggs is an animal. Th- that, guy- that guy can play. Yeah. Najee Marshall... Everyone was expecting this guy to be someone who would be all Big East this year. He's averaging 16 points on 44% from the field, only shooting 29 from deep, 6 rebounds. Uh, That's a guy you look at and you say, alright, that's probably a Jagan Mosley matchup right there. And I'm pretty confident Jagan can slow him down. Scruggs is probably going to be on Terrell Allen. Tyree Jones... I mean, you got to be kidding me! I'll take Omer against any big man, and I mean Jones is a good player. Don't get me wrong; he's 13, 10, shooting over fifty percent, but Omer, I, I think gonna, I, hey, I think Omer is going to eat his uh, eat his lunch. So it's interesting because I actually considered picking Xavier as well. Um, I think that's a team we are certainly capable of getting twice. I'll oh, yeah. go. I'll go St. John's. Um, okay. Uh. Yeah, I mean. Listen, for me, it was either St. John's or Xavier. I thought you were going to pick St. John's, so I was going to pick Xavier. So I'll go with St. John's just for uh, di- well, there we go. just as a differentiator. Uh, listen, St. John's has looked a lot better than I thought they were going to this year, so you got to give them a lot yeah. of credit. Um, I think that's coaching-related, too, if I'm being honest. I love me Chris Mullin. You know,
1: Run DMC will forever be in the basketball lore, but he was not a good coach.
0: No, he was not. Um, he was not at all. The players didn't buy in. I don't know how much coaching he actually did, if we're being entirely honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and I. I he, Dude, that team was so stacked. How do you not win with
1: Shamori, Figueroa, and Heron?
0: Yeah, I, it, it is beyond me how they didn't how? win. I don't, and I think a big reason why we're going to beat uh, St. John's is because they don't have someone who can guard Omer year at seven. Um, yeah. I I am nervous about Figueroa. He is a classic Georgetown killer, and he's having a great year. He's someone who I would take on my team any day of the week. That guy is a pure hustle player. He was like a Josh LeBlanc, like a skilled Josh LeBlanc. A LeBlanc who can shoot threes, dribble, play even better defense. I mean, that guy is always... He's got a wingspan, too. I think he's got a near 7-foot wingspan. He's long. Yeah, he is he, he, he that guy has always been a certified Hoya killer, so he always makes me nervous. But I I'll go St. John's. All um, right. Yeah, you know, we're getting we're getting creative here. Uh, now this is where shit gets a little fun. If you had to pick one team, I think we're gonna say the same thing because I've been emphasizing to you how terrified I am of this team heading into Big East. I think they are a sleeper team to win the conference this year what team are you absolutely what is the boogeyman of the biggies when it comes to <laughs> who What team are you f- afraid of most who haunts you in your I, dreams i haven't heard boogeyman
1: in a while um but yeah you know who haunts me in my dreams is the player i wish
0: Mac could be and it's his name is marcus Segarowski. yeah you're taking all my damn takes <laughs> I know. dude. great is
1: really good yeah i think i, I finally yeah. figured it out they're they're amazing, dude. They're like an NBA team with college talent with the way they play.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, Marcus Zegarowski is low-key having one of the absolute nastiest college basketball seasons I've seen in a long
1: time. It's crazy how Matt gets more attention than him, if I'm being completely honest. He is hes better at almost everything offensively.
0: Yes. Um. And he's also a sophomore. Do you want to know that he's only trailing two people in the conference in scarring guess who they are
1: Powell and Howard
0: yep yeah do you want to know how many do you want to know what his field goal percentage on two pointers is like 53 no 65 <laughs> who does that at 6 foot 2 he's a guard 6 but foot he's 2 about the same height and weight as Mac too right he's yes. about 63
1: 62 wow is legit, and Clayton also has all of their shooters from last year, they have Bullock uh, I, I feel like he's been there forever personally
0: um, Do you want to know who Tyson he kind of reminds me of? Who nobody is talking about as a potential NBA
1: pick after this year, putting up the quietest 18 points a game I think I've ever seen Who? Tyson Alexander Yeah,
0: They have a nasty big three in Zagorowski, Alexander, and Mitch Ballock. As of right I, now like I said Bullock yeah, as of right now, Creighton's my pick to win the uh I, yeah. the East. The, yeah, I, I listen, dude. Li- I want to beat them. Everything about me wants to beat them. I hate Creighton. I, I, and we we remember we spoke to um uh, we spoke to Trey Dickerson last year, and he even just kind of he tried to verbalize how difficult it is just to beat that damn team. He's like, it takes so much mental fortitude to play them because of the way they play. Um, I don't yeah, know. Like, listen.
1: They kinda of play like a high school team. Yes. Where they press for a lot of the game, they shoot threes, they feed off the energy of the crowd. But, you know, their real downfall in the past is they hadn't really had a lot of star power. You know, I remember they had Marcus Foster for a year before he got suspended, but since then they hadn't really had anyone who was a legitimate all big East team player, now they have two.
0: Yeah. Do you wanna know who uh do you wanna know who I believe is the best comparison for Zegarovsky right now. NBA-wise? Yeah, college-wise. Back in his day, college time.
1: Oh, I'm curious about
0: this. Shabazz Napier. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I think I, he reminds me a lot of Shabazz and that is not good for Georgetown fans.
1: <laughs> Shabazz.
0: Yeah, that dude was absolutely dirty. Um, you know, yeah. just like the size-wise... I mean, on him? Yeah, Shabazz was only about six foot, I think. You know, the way that he could kind of get to any spot on the floor, and just m- most of the efficiency from two-point range, 65% at 6'2". Like,
1: again, who the hell does that? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. And he's deadly from three, too. Let's not act like he just he, plays oh, within the line.
0: He was their three-point threat last year. So he's automatic from deep, essentially. Listen, yeah, Alexander he's, is... He's the, already had some... Sorry, you got it. Mm-hmm. I was saying Alexander, you know, he's a guy who, not necessarily always the most efficient player, um, but Zagorowski, uh, you wonder how, how sustainable this is. I, one of their losses, they got absolutely mollywopped by San Diego State on a neutral court, so that gives me some confidence. Yeah, I love that word. Yeah, I love it. Um, but. I don't know, man. Creighton is a team I look at, I'm like, they could spread our defense out and carve us up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Never forget, Tyson Alexander cooked us last year. Oh, he destroyed us. So,
1: I mean, those two? Come on.
0: And, and toss in Mitch Ballack, who is a very capable stretch forward. I Could you imagine if Martin Cromple stayed? Oh,
1: I forgot about him.
0: The guy who just absolutely bullied Jesse Govan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, was was he a senior last
0: year? I don't honestly remember. I'm just glad he's gone. <laughs> he's... Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was nasty, dude. Absolutely uh-huh. nasty. So that is that. That is my boogeyman. Uh, I hate yeah, to say I'm it, not it. Not I don't think not. we're getting him. I I don't think we're getting him once. If we it, yeah. if we are gonna get him, it has to be at home because we're not winning in Omaha. Yeah, and it
1: has to be Mac, pretty much going shot for shot with Zagorowski. I'd say. Yes. Um, I have noticed that in games when uh, Alexander is injured or not playing well, I forget, it might have been against Texas Tech earlier this year. Zagorowski had about 35, but they lost in overtime.
0: No, they beat Texas Tech in overtime. Oh, they won in
1: overtime. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. All right, never mind. Yep. (laughs) I don't know. I said to my computers, there goes my knowledge. Yep. Yeah. uh... Okay,
0: I I was going to say if we...
1: Uh, almost, like, load the box
0: on one of them and make the other one beat us. Or Mac has 30, but yeah, short yeah. of that, I don't think we get them. Nah, it's a, it's not going to be an easy game. If we beat Creighton once, I'd be astounded. Um, So, yeah, they got... They lost to Michigan by 10 at Michigan, murdered by San Diego State by 30, and since then, they've been... They have been cruising. They've been playing very well. Beat Oklahoma on a... Sorry for that. Uh, Carter's outside on the balcony in Spain, <laughs> getting some car <laughs> noises in the background. Oh, there it is. Oopsies. Yep. No worries. <laughs> sounded like a... edit that out. dude. It sounded like, and eh, no, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> you gotta give the fan... You gotta give uh, the listeners an organic Spanish experience. See, <laughs> yeah. si. Si, senor. <laughs> All right. Oh. So, what's the t- what is one game you think we're gonna lose that we should win? going to say, I think we lose
1: to St. John's on the road. That was going to be the game I didn't expect. I, that's why I didn't want to say it twice. Uh, they're definitely talented enough. Even though we do show up at MSG, I think you know, it's like Russian roulette with Mac and a little bit with Omer because they each have fatal flaws in their games. Mac being his shot selection, Omer being fouls. Uh, although he has done a much better job of that as of late. I think there's going to be one game when both of those aren't going in our favor. And I could see it against St. John's, and because they're a team who can take advantage of that and just wipe us.
0: Because Lord knows we're going to have a blowout win or blowout loss this year. Oh, absolutely. See, I think we're going to lose at DePaul. Oh, okay, that's good too. Yeah, I think we're going to get crushed at DePaul. If we're being entirely honest, we don't have, have a history. We don't have a history of playing well at DePaul of late. Uh, if you look, we. I don't actually remember the last time we've swept a Paul. Um, did we sweep them your sophomore year, my junior year? I honestly have no idea. I'm gonna I'm to look that, that up was, right now. Well, that was that was our
1: uh, rotational year with Ewing, right? So that was Marcus Jesse,
0: kind of point guard by committee. With nope, Trent, we lost. Jonathan, yeah. yeah, we lost to them at think... home. Uh, don't don't you worry, we lost by one at home. Uh, so. Oh. He, we haven't swept DePaul in a long time, so people can shit on them whatever they want. This team has beaten us pretty consistently for the last three years. I 100% think they're going to get us in DePaul. I don't see us beaten, or maybe at home, I think they're going to beat us once. I yeah. think they're a good team. I think they're long. I think they're physical, um, and yeah, I I don't think they're that bad, <laughs>
1: reminds me of bigs and georgetown has added a new big to our rotation apparently uh what do you think of timmy getting all these
0: minutes uh i like it um i don't think he's gonna get much minutes in the big east uh he he just makes you know he's trying so hard out there so it's awesome to see it's great to see him because he fueled our cover against american they covered 17 and a half because (laughs) of timmy made me some money so love Wait, that guy. Yeah. Like eight in four yeah. He also had some pretty brutal defensive lapses. <laughs> uh, so like, I know fans are like, "Oh, play Timmy over uh, Kudas." Absolutely oh. not. Ewing understands that. <laughs> like, don't. Oh, let's not get crazy here, folks. I'm not huge on the Kudas Wahab bandwagon right now, but let's not let's not get irrational.
1: <laughs> yeah he did
0: that turnaround was pretty sick though I'm not gonna oh I couldn't lie. Believe, I couldn't believe he busted that out I was like <laughs>
1: pure
0: net too oh my um, god dude yeah what a I mean that was spicy yeah that was man He can't handle the he <laughs> get the fuck out of the kitchen hot <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah what do you I think we're, we're going a little bit on time here and, and for the sake of concision where do you think we end up in the big east do you see it as a one team better than everybody else or a few tiers, and where do you think we fit
0: into that? I think we fit into at least. I think we I think we will avoid the dreaded Wednesday slate of games um, in the Big East tournament. I think we finish at least top six. I think if everything goes well, this could be a top three team. I don't think we finish top two. I think when I say everything goes well, if we play up to our highest potential, I think we could get to three. If we play down and slip a little bit, I think we finished six. If I had to predict, I think we finished four. I think okay. we finished behind Villanova, Creighton, and Butler. And I say, and the thing that scares me is I say that because Seton Hall is so banged up, not having Powell, not having Mamu Vili, that come Big East tournament time, it might be the team nobody wants to play.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think I was going to be a little bit less optimistic just because uh, our games that we've seen so far have been against, you know, inferior competition. Like, even when you think of SMU, they, I, they're, they're probably the ninth best team in the Big
0: East. Maybe they're better than Providence, but dude, I, I don't
1: think it's stinks. much of a bar. Yeah,
0: they are <laughs> yeah. terrible, dude. They are awful. I the I one team. The Syracuse... Mm-hmm.
1: I was, sorry, even Syracuse, they're a good team, but I, I don't even think in the Big East they'd be, like, top eight.
0: <laughs> no, they would not be. They would not be, no. So,
1: I, I mean, in the Oklahoma State, when I don't know how much credit I can really put into it um, because uh, so many people want the game of their lives in that. So uh, I think we finish sixth. Who do you think we finish behind? Uh, Creighton, Seton Hall,
0: See, I don't think Marquette's any good. Same as you, but add Seton Hall and Marquette. See, I don't think Marquette's any good. I think they stink.
1: Really? They stink. (laughs) Hey, I mean, we'll see. I think Marcus Howard's obviously been balling his ass off, and and the team has defended well around him, which I think is a good enough strategy, honestly. If you have a stud who can get you, like, legit 40 points pretty easily, surround him with decent defenders, and... That's a wrap, in my opinion. Uh, if, they, if, they, if Marquette still had the Housers, they would be so filthy.
0: Yeah, they would be very, very good. Um, listen, my big thing with Marquette is, again, Marcus Howard, 26 points, but you're really just kind of bailing on Sakar Anum to shoot well. So Will will Shakar Annam shoot well? Will Brendan Bailey shoot well? Will Kobe McKenwin make plays? Maybe Jamal Kane gets you some stuff. Theo John stays out of foul trouble. Theo John. Theo John, man. <laughs> See, it's my thing is, I, I look at Marquette, and I'm like, this team chokes. It's a choking team. Howard yeah. doesn't have it in the clutch. Never has. Um, all I need to do is look back to last year in the Big East tournament. Marcus Howard had his rear end clamped. By Seton Hall, I, I, I am confident in us against Marquette. I think we get them twice, too. If I'm being honest with you, Ooh. bold prediction. Wow! All right. All you know right. what? I mostly because I don't like Mike Marcus Howard. The guy annoys me. I, nothing, <laughs> nothing ticks me off more. Listen, Dude, he reminds he me of like Steph Curry. You. Are you jealous? What's up?
1: He's only an inch taller than
0: you. Are you jealous? Is, is he really it is? only five ten? That's rough. Maybe five eleven. Dude, I, it'll be interesting to see how we match up against him because obviously James did a great job against him in, in Marquette the close out the Big East play last year. So it, I'm pretty curious to see who we stick on him. It'll probably be Terrell Allen. Maybe throw Jagan on him a couple of times because he's bigger, but I, do you think Jagan's quick enough to stay with him? No. No, I no, don't think I so think either. You, I think you'd rotate it. You kind of do a committee thing. What do you think about Javon? Where Javon a little been bit? Been Javon's Jagen. not a bad defender.
1: Honestly, yeah, Japan is not a bad defender at all. Um, That'd be interesting. I think whatever it is, though, you you press him up high. You You have to have Jagan or uh, Terrell leave their man kind of shade up towards Howard, make him pass out of it. Almost like how people guard James Harden now. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, man. But
1: I, I don't know. I still think, you know, when it's all said and done, they have enough firepower and they match up well with other teams. That's the thing. It's like, sure, do I think we're a better team than Marquette? I do, honestly. But just with the way it shakes up, I don't like our matchups
0: against a lot of Big East teams. Uh, interesting. Against I, I know this is something you share a little bit, at least. Uh, what teams in particular worry you?
1: Well, I mean, Creighton obviously worries me. I think Nova, just because of how they're coached um, Butler, because of their discipline and, and the fact that they have veteran guard play. And their best player is a veteran guard who can score. We kind of have all of those things in pieces, but not all in one player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even honestly, St. John's worries me a little bit just from a talent perspective. You know, I I, I definitely think they take one of us. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat us twice. Uh, um, even to Paul, they're not bad. I know I said we get Xavier twice, but I, like I could see any of these teams beating us. And, and you know, from a, a standpoint of where that puts us in the standings. If you set the baseline as 500 and some teams we lose to twice and some teams we beat twice, we have to beat more teams twice than lose to teams twice in order to be above 500 at the end of the year. And I, I just can't say that with much confidence.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, listen, I'm confident because as everything you're saying is true. Um, I also think that from a perspective, you look at other teams – You look at this Georgetown team, and you're like, hell, I don't want to play these guys. Top 20 offensive efficiency in Ken Palm, they are easily, you could argue that they might be the hottest team heading into conference play. From Xavier, you know how casual Hoya is in SB Nation uh, blog? The Xavier version of SB Nation wrote a specific piece about Georgetown saying, this team is playing like a top ten team nationally right now. <laughs> you think they're quaking in their boots a little bit? <laughs> so, well, I mean, I did say we got Xavier twice, so you know. Um, <laughs> the Marquette version wrote it was like Georgetown is easily the biggest mystery heading into conference play because, yeah, you know, uh, they're like they could easily win the Big East and then finish tenth. Like nobody really knows. Um, so it's gonna be a it's wild been ride. Easy for us. No, a big reason why I'm confident is because of how veteran-heavy the team is and how focused they are. Like every every single piece of the puzzle is working towards a goal. They've all bought in and they're all striving to a singular mission. And listen, you look at a lot of other teams. Like what other team has gone through the adversity that this team has out of everyone in the Big East this year? You're gonna look at them and the only one you could claim. That comes close, in my opinion, is Seton Hall due to their injuries. But other than that, nobody really has. This team is battle-tested. They've shown that even the biggest hits will not knock them mentally. They're going to stay focused, and they're going to keep coming. Doesn't matter when, they're going to keep pushing towards what they want. And that gives me a lot of confidence. You look at other teams. Listen, I think Xavier's a tough team, too. They've had some tough victories in the non-conference against teams that they shouldn't have lost to, but you know, in games that you look at, I'm curious. You know, Butler man, like we've had their number at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Yeah, I'm honestly
1: not scared of Butler. If I was gonna say, I bet they finished
0: fourth. Dude, like Marquette, dude. Like again, like that's that that's the reason. Like Marquette, I don't view Marquette or Steve, like Woj, that coach. I don't view that as a tough program. Like I don't. Like, when you think of, like, toughness and, like, you know, fierce, like, ferocity, Marquette is probably, like, the last program you think of (laughs) in the conference. Like, I think DePaul, as of right now, is a tougher team than them. Um, So, it's that that toughness is something that gives me a lot of uh, confidence. But, also, you look down the line of these teams, toughness is something that I think is going to define the Big East Conference this year. None of these teams are going to roll over and die, really, in any contest. So yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, um, especially just from a pure basketball perspective. I think the Big East is going to show that it is the conference to be reckoned with this year. And you know what? Like, I think we should sit back and enjoy it because we're going to get a lot of exciting basketball the next couple of months. Um, yeah. With that no being what? said, Carter, uh, we got to go. F- three, and, <laughs> three and one, four and one to start off Big East play. Um, at Providence is a must-win at Seton Hall. Scares me. You know, they're a good defensive team. St. John's at Nova versus Creighton. You know, I, again, like, I could point to any little stretch in the schedule and be like, that's a tough stretch. It's as simple yeah. as that. And it's going to be scary, but you know what? Let's just try to enjoy it. Get the damn yeah. popcorn out.
1: If you had to put your finger on it, what would you predict from those first five games? I, I'd
0: give us 3-2. and two. Yeah, I think 3-2 and two is probably accurate. I think, uh, you know, I, I if you're going to do 3-2, and two, honestly, I think we might start 3-0 and and then lose the next two, which means yeah, we would I win at Providence, at Seton Hall versus St. John's, lose at Nova, lose versus home versus Creighton. Essentially, in those first five games, you are saying we have to win one of at Seton Hall, at Villanova, versus Creighton. Because I am assu- I am saying that at Providence and home versus St. John's are must-wins. You can't lose yeah. either of those games. And like, I guess even from your
1: predictive standpoints, if we want any chance of being near the top three, if we lose those early games to Creighton and Nova... We're going to have to get him back, and that's towards the back end of our schedule. Yeah. And something that worries me even, too, which we didn't even talk about, our rotation is so thin, dude. I really don't know how we're going
0: to fare a month from now. Let's just hope Ewing's conditioning Especially program... Especially if Mac is hurt. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's an eye, dude. Um, no, it actually happened, something similar and happened... An eye, and I could be serious. I was going to say, something similar happened to me when I played AAU when I was younger. It is not a fun injury. Um, you can play through it for the most part, like as James Harden has shown throughout his entire career. I mean, I feel like that guy has a bloodied eye at least once every season. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's not a fun injury, and it's something you really got to be careful about. He might even have to wear a mask tomorrow night at Providence. Um, and it, you know what? Like I think we're good enough to get Providence without Mac. If you need to sit him, sit him. But it's something to keep an eye on. And and let's just hope that Ewing's conditioning program this summer uh, pays dividends because we're going to really need it to.
1: We know the boys ran a lot. So they're going to have to run a lot more if they want to run all the way to uh, what we hope is a tournament. Right? I mean, can we both agree on
0: that at least? As of right now, it is tournament or bust. I think about eight teams are going to make it from the Big East, though. I think a shit ton, dude. I would pick like seven. Yeah, as of right now, the only team that I can look at and say this team for sure is missing it is going to be Providence. As of right now, nine teams in the Big East are (laughs) tournament-worthy.
1: Yeah, and I I definitely think we're good enough to make
0: the tournament. Buckle Uh, the hell up, man. And obviously from there,
1: all bets are off.
0: Buckle the hell up. And trust me, again, we've got one thing going for us. If there's one team that opposing teams look at and they're like, this team is dangerous, I guarantee you we're in that conversation. you don't know what the hell you're going to get. Javon Blair will do that to you. Dude, you get Javon Swagglicious Blair walking off the bench (laughs) now. Dude, he's coming out. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Swaggy B. Dude, Swaggy B.
1: Oh, Swaggy B. Oh, that's rich. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) Dude. I, I will never understand your love for Javon. Dude, if he ever hit a clutch three and then did the Conor McGregor money strut back, I think I'd just explode on the spot. It would just be over. But uh, the sport, fandom, it would reach a peak. It would be all downhill from uh, there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind
1: of mad that Matt can shoot now because if he couldn't, Javon would be our go-to player if we ever needed a three late in the game. I think Javon still is your go-to player. Ewan clearly
0: loves using him in go-to situations even though he he's, never yeah. makes them. but you yeah. know, yeah. fucking Javon man. Hey, again he has been a very consistent scorer for us, even though he hasn't consistently hit shots, he finds ways to get points. Um, he is he is and he he's is. gonna no, need I'm to done. he's I'm gonna need to Yeah Hoya fans can meme about Javon all he want all they want. All I'm just going to say is, I said it from preseason, this guy is so important to us getting to where we want to be this year. He's got to find ways to score. And score yeah, efficiently. I
1: yeah, I mean, I think a lot of games we've seen already, he's helped step the tie for five minutes or so in the second half, just by hitting a three, getting a stop.
0: Dude, threes in important. college, man, like, you hit a three, it's big. It's a big bucket. And yeah. that's what Javon will do. Anytime Javon puts up a shot, I there's a sh- there's a chance of it going in, and that's what I love about the guy. <laughs> that's true
1: for anybody. That's literally the worst take ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, but guess what?
1: <laughs> there's a chance. All right, yeah,
0: I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. That's like John Madden levels. Anytime you shoot Yo, the man. ball, there's a chance of it going in. <laughs> Yeah but like Think about it It's like You know somebody I gotta you know, put that on his shirt There are some shots That Mac takes from deep And you're like There's no fucking prayer That that's going in Javon, Every time Javon Puts up the ball I'm like Hey you know might go in In your eyes It's 50-50 right Dude it can be Make From the message. logo It could be from the parking lot It could be a layup Javon puts the ball up I'm like Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Alright Alright well On that
1: note I, I think uh, We should bid every game. Uh, like you yeah. mentioned 530 tomorrow.
0: Five thirty tomorrow. Be there or be square. Will you actually be watching the game since you're in Spain? Well, it tips at eleven thirty and
1: tomorrow's New Year's Eve, so you bet your ass I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> 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 I'll ring ring in twenty twenty by watching these Hoyas with a glass of wine in my hand
0: dude That's the only way you can watch Georgetown basketball with alcohol. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Maybe a bottle. Dude, it's like that Jet fan. He got a right. Some dude got arrested for drinking and driving, and the cops like, "Why are you inebriated?" He's like, "It's the Jets' fault. They suck so bad, I had to drink." (laughs) 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 Cop probably gave him a hug. Yeah, he's like, "You're free to go, son. (laughs) 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 You keep drinking." Yeah, you keep drinking, <laughs> just don't drive <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, But
1: I know, it, it, it's a lot of fun basketball coming our way Exciting stuff I, I can all say we're you know, cautiously optimistic, I guess But I do want to wait to see what Max' status will be And if he is affected by his injury or anything like that We know he's a warrior, so I, I expect him to play But, you know, I, I, I hope he plays well
0: as you said, it would take a, little, a literal Mack truck to keep Mack McClung from suiting up. <laughs> yeah. He is a tough son of a gun. He is. He really is. Um, and he's going to be a great face for the program in the coming years, so I'm proud to say that he's on the team. And uh, with that, we hope everyone has a wonderful New Year's Eve. Stay safe. Stay strong. Hopefully, we'll be running into 2020 1-0 in Big East Conference play. And uh, let's fucking get it. I'm ready. Okay saxa